welcome to this episode of Sleep and Relax ASMR. Mumbling. You saw the title of this episode and my job today is to mumble and continue doing so until the point you hopefully fall asleep. And it's a task I've handed myself and I am honored that you have entrusted me to mumble proficiently and effectively for the course of this episode for the next little while. Now, it is a difficult job. Some jobs are easy, others are harder. And it really depends on your level of proficiency in each job and your capacity to do that job, but I understand that, you know, easy jobs really depend on your perspective. I am totally useless when it comes to multitasking, so if you ask me to work as a server or bartender, then good luck, because I'm going to ruin your business, but you need Jake Taffer from Bar Rescue to come in and clean up the mess that I leave behind me. Not sure why that's the case, but that's just me, and I try to focus my attention on more than one thing. I really am terrible. I know a young lady that's a secretary and administrative assistant for a um, company. You know, it's one of those very large, you know, Fortune 500 type of company, and I'm amazed, you know, how quickly she's able to multitask and get this and then the other done, this and the third, and calls and organize this, schedule that call back conversation that she had from months ago. She talked to me while I'm on the other line or writing an email. I literally need to leave a sticky note by my desk to remember what you asked me to do, you know, five or six minutes ago. But, but that's why I think I'm an above average podcaster because, uh, you know, I would never consider myself elite or anything like that, but I strive to be the best I can. Well, I should say I strive to be the best I can be at whatever I do. And my philosophy is always, if you give it 100% and honest, 100% to anything, it's realistic to expect you can be in the top 10 of any field. You know, to be in the top 10, you know, it's top 10 that is, you know, I don't want to get into decimals or whole numbers or anything like that, but to be in the top 10%, it's in your field, it's not unattainable, right? To be in the 1% or the 0.1%, it's like saying you can be a professional athlete just because you have the time and energy and passion, probably won't happen. But to be a pro-am athlete, which I'm assuming will qualify you as a top 10% athlete, sure. A high school varsity player that stars is probably considered a top 10% athlete just because of the sheer number of other people competing for that spot. You know, I know someone that she just dominates everything related to retail. She's competent. She's always on the ball. and She can name every single SKU in the store. Knows customers by name. Knows exactly what it costs, what what's coming in from head office, schedule the rest of the staff, and keeps everything just flowing 
seamlessly. And again, if that were me, then we'd be shut down in just a few days. And I guess it really just depends on what you're competent at. I've always thought of myself as someone that is creative and can think of big ideas and calculate these kind of actionable, workable, doable kind of steps to get started. I think this podcast is a good example. I had a long-term vision, branding idea, what I want this podcast to offer listeners around the world, and thanks to your support, your feedback, and your listenership, I can honestly say it's, I've really exceeded those expectations. I thought if I could get a hundred people to listen a month, that'd make me happy because it was fun, it was a creative outlet, but, you know, how do we determine what is easy anyway it's all subjective when you consider it you know it could be a very philosophical question depending on what angle you want to approach it which reminds me of my philosophy course that I took in my college days and I think it was my junior year and uh, I thought I would like the class and I really liked the professor he was a nice guy but just was not very good at turning in material I've always said that um, I'm a B student. I gave a C effort. You know, I could have been an A student if I would have given a B or A effort, but I never quite did. Anyway, it's all subjective, a standard. You know, whatever is easy for you. Some objective factors might take time to learn a skill a job or maybe even consider the amount of time needed while on the job. Sales, I would say, is something easy that others describe as being very difficult. And my thought process is that so long as you have a great product that you stand by and it's clear what it offers, then you can make it work. So long as you identify what the value is who's your customer, ask questions to prospective customers so you can figure out what they need and introduce your product as a potential solution and let them connect the dots and you should be a-okay. For a uh, very brief time, I was a broker for a moving company. So basically, let's say you needed to move from Virginia to Minnesota. Well, you'd have your information, according to the size, as you would probably expect, your information would be spit up to, no joke, hundreds of different brokers and carriers that would get a crack at giving you a call. And uh, when I say we would need to make 200 calls a day, I'm not joking. For many, potential customers would be inundated too quickly with calls. So, you know, literally, if you got a lead, you'd have to call within two minutes or else disconnect their phone for like 24 hours just because of how many random calls we were receiving. In general, I didn't really like that gig at all. My biggest uh, problem was I really couldn't guarantee the value of a moving service. So, again, let's start from the beginning. 
Virginia to Minnesota, you input your information. I would try calling you. Let's say we connect, introduce myself, and then I would ask you what you're moving to, how much you're moving. Based on your answers, I would calculate approximate volume of your items. I would plug that into a nifty little spreadsheet, and that would give me a rough price for what to charge you. I'd give you an official quote in reality based on those numbers. You get back to me and you say, okay, let's do it. And at that point, I would collect payment method. And that information will be sent over to our administrative office, which would be responsible for actually looking, excuse me, for booking, looking, booking, whatever, booking the carriers to coordinate the move for you. And again, my biggest problem was that my boss would tell me to really sugarcoat or exaggerate the value of the services. And I really hated that. I hated the idea of telling someone one thing and, you know, that we could offer a particular service when it wasn't true. So I never did. I'd be honest and tell them we were brokers. I'd be honest and tell them that some carriers had better reviews than others and that I would try to connect them with the best carrier possible and, and I did you know, I did do that and I'd walk into the administrative office and really ask if I can get a customer better carrier but in general what always bugged me was I couldn't guarantee service and I love this podcast it's the opposite. I know in good faith, I try to curate and create quality, interesting, effective episodes. Not always perfect audio experiences, but I know overall the listeners can expect quality and quantity. And I was only working for that moving company for about two weeks, shortest I've ever worked anywhere, as you would expect. But a lot of interesting people there, for sure, that... I won't name my name because I don't think they would appreciate being named by names. Let's put it this way. I, um, the guy that introduced me to that company at that time, you know, was a really nice guy. He was basically a friend of a friend. You know, pretty stand-up guy, I thought, and good salesman. Very dedicated to, you know, the craft of selling that time he sort of branded this opportunity as something that could be part-time something that you could you know do here do there do anywhere kind of thing so I thought you know what why not I can have a day job and then on the weekends if I want to try to sell a moving product help people move from point A to point B I can do that as well so it was very appealing to me from that perspective and he told me the income potential one could make. And, you know, once again, it's going to depend how much is a lot for you, how much is a little bit for you. But it was basically framed as, okay, you know, you can make a few extra hundred bucks uh, a week. Great. Sounds like a great plan. Sounds like a great opportunity. He, of course, explains to me that... Uh, 
at least the first month or so, you have to go in physically to the location to sell the product. And I said, okay, I can do that. And at that time, my schedule was pretty flexible. So, you know, go in. Everything looks good. Meet the uh, general manager at the time. And very professional dude. And, you know, kind of gave me a breakdown. This is what you want to do here. This is what we want to do here. This is your payment schedule. This is how you calculate things. Great. First two days on the job, he, um, he just says, look, sit with this other guy who is our best uh, salesperson and learn from him listen to the calls write down notes and uh, you know he's not your competition because basically the way they had it structured was they had one company but then they had several um, broker uh, brands so for example Let's just say the, let's say the uh, parent company was called ABC Movers. Then, in reality, they had like six different brands. So, under ABC Movers, you had, you know, Max Movers, um, you know, June Bug Movers, you know, A to Z Movers, whatever. So basically the same people in the office would occasionally compete for the same um, leads. And this was just so that, you know, let's say it was between myself and another mover within the company, then we could basically strike a deal with that client. We would share that commission. That of itself, I think is a fine arrangement. I don't really, I don't really see it as something that's wrong or bad at the time but once I sat down and I kind of you know started getting the ropes of okay this is what he's saying here this what that's when I already started to feel kind of sneaky and shady I just didn't like it that much because again you were you know this guy was just saying some flat out lies you know we move with military no we don't we do this or we do that it's like no we don't do that from what I can tell and I would even go up to the general manager and I would just ask him you know this guy just said that we offer this service do we no we don't but it's fine don't worry about it and um, you know my whole thing was okay when I start selling I'm just going to be honest that'll be my value proposition is I'm going to be an honest broker. I'm going to give you a fair price and the whole thing. But it was just very difficult because again, you, you just don't know. Maybe you book an appointment and then, you know, the carrier that's been assigned to that particular customer ends up showing up, you know, five hours later than anticipated. And again, just the, the people that work there in that office, it was, I'll never forget that. Very, very memorable. Interestingly enough, I think like maybe four weeks after I left, I think they actually were shut down. 
even if I had a great time. I don't think I could have been there for much longer. Uh, I'm sure we all have these odd work experiences. Places that you kind of look back and say, how did I even get started there? But, again, it was, you know, the guy that introduced me to the whole operation. He was just, in my opinion, a pretty professional guy. He was a young professional and dressed well, spoke well. And I do have to say, listening to him, because I did have a couple of days where I was able to, you know, sort of quote-unquote shadow him. I think I was actually able to see that, you know, he did do things, let's say, correctly. You know, he had some, some interesting techniques, like, you know, if he were calling someone from the Midwest, he would try to change the tonality so that he sounded a bit more Midwest. Smart. I mean, he wouldn't say he was from the Midwest, but stuff like that. And he wouldn't lie about the service. That was always the thing that would scare me to bad mood is, why are you lying about the service? I hate that. So... I booked a couple moves, as far as I can tell, they went uh, according to plan, or as expected, and I just left there. I just couldn't continue this idea of selling something. I, I like to be able to say, when I'm giving you something or selling you something, that I'm confident what I'm saying is the truth, and it's quality. I can't, I can't do anything differently. But, you know, on the alternative, on the flip side, you have other things that require a lot of time and maybe mindless, right? If you're just one of those guys that directs traffic during construction and you have that vest on and you tell cars one stop and go, that's pretty easy. I'm not referring to cops, but rather construction guys that, you know, they're out there doing that. It's not invaluable, but I mean, it can't be that hard. But, you know, you really don't know what you don't know. It's a fact of life that we know very little about many things. Some of us know many things about very few things, but it's impossible to know a lot of things about a lot of topics, unless you are blissfully ignorant. And that has its pros and cons, but overall it's a net negative. Which mathematically speaking, equates to a positive. So, the joke's on me. Math, per usual. Math was never my strong suit. Right? Mathematics, you have quantity, structure, space, change. You know, math has no generally accepted definition. When mathematical structures are good models of real phenomena, mathematical reasoning can be used to provide insight or prediction about nature. Though the use of abstraction and logic, mathematics developed from counting, calculation, measurement, and the systematic study of the shapes and motions of physical objects. But, you know, I mean, look, math is essential in many fields, right? Engineering, medicine, finance, natural science, social sciences. 
applied mathematics has led to entirely new mathematical disciplines like statistics, game theory, which is a uh, very good YouTube channel that I used to watch back in the day, Game Theorists. I haven't watched them as much. Do you ever find things on like YouTube or potentially podcasts that you one day like and then the next day you like you'll consume them for two years religiously and then all of a sudden you just start stop watching for like five years and then you kind of reconnect with the channel and it's almost like you never left and there's this kind of nostalgic bliss that uh, comes with that goes way over my head. Sometimes I look at, uh, again, channels like Game Theorist or maybe Vsauce. That's another great one that, you know, has a lot of interesting content. And although I never understood why they had Vsauce 2, 3, 4, and like, what's wrong with just one Vsauce? What does Vsauce even mean? Like, why Vsauce? smart these guys have to be to be able to actually compile these videos and present this information and have some kind of idea as to what they're actually talking about. Not me. I'm the opposite. I'm a guy that rambles into a microphone for over 20 minutes just to help you sleep. If you think about it, it is incredibly ironic that my whole purpose when it comes to my content is to get people to stop listening because they fall asleep. Right, you have, you know, I put in hours of time to record, edit, upload, research poorly, which, look, I mean, I know it doesn't sound like it most of the time, but I do put in some time to research. Again, not levels of research that are necessarily three days or something like that. It doesn't take me a week to come up with one episode, but every now and then I'll do a bit of research for you and I'll try to make it seem like I didn't, alright? There's a little bit of insider information there, but... Whereas everyone else wants you to be watching videos and listening to their content for as long as possible I'm here encouraging you to fall asleep after 20 or 22 minutes whatever the case may be but I think with that I'm going to conclude this little mumbled ramble hope you guys enjoyed it hope you're asleep if you have any questions comments you can always reach me at hello at sleep and relax asmr.com that's all for this episode. Thanks as always for listening. 